Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel. And this is a show where we talk a little bit about some of the philosophy and the morality underneath the politics. And uh, Zoe, uh, today I wanted to talk about something that I find particularly uh, obnoxious quality uh, in people and societies. Uh, I, I recently saw something that got me on the idea of... Um, ingratitude. It had nothing to do with the Virgin Galactic flight, uh, <laughs> which mentioned every single person in the world except for Burt Rutan, who basically invented it, made it possible, and Paul Allen, the original billionaire who put up the money for this 17 years ago to create that vehicle, just utterly, just like they're not even there. Now, I don't want to build a whole castle on just that one case, but I do want to talk about this idea of ingratitude because it is a particularly um, corrosive uh, mindset, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, <clears throat> I don't know when I hear when I hear things about uh, it, I, some things like rub me the wrong way when I think about uh, you know airlines and 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 when you couple it like with uh, gratitude because there is like a narrative go out there and I hear these things from like you know these uh, these celebrities and stuff like that pandering to their audience you know when they say things you know these airlines all they care about is money and they make sure that they pack as many seats into these yeah, airplanes yeah. as possible and uh, you know just so they can fill seats and stuff like that I'm like okay well in your ingratitude, if it was the other way around, uh, if they actually expanded the seats more where more people could not get on the plane, well, in order <laughs> to keep that plane in the air, they're going to have to charge more for those seats, you know, yeah. but rather to, to, well, at least make an attempt to keep the cost lower, uh, they pack in more seats so the seats don't cost as much and then get more people in the air. Yeah, so those <clears> bastards. <throat> I'm going from Los Angeles to New York in five hours and eating peanuts and sipping, uh, you know, Coca-Cola's and Jack and Cokes, the swine, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're ungrateful, um, being ungrateful, ungrateful costs. It, it does cost. What, what do you think it costs? Um, well, it's going to cost things like, um, well, you, you know, we don't, we don't get to see those. Remember, I mean, remember back in the day, you know, you, you could at least get a sandwich. Uh, you could at least <laughs> get some of those peanuts and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't uh, serve peanuts anywhere anymore. <laughs> you know, well, but... Well, I'm sorry, let go ahead. Me No, no, it's okay. Let me, <clears throat> let me rephrase it. Uh, it seems to me that in, when we see cases of like ingratitude, mm. it, it's just, it's a form of injustice, mm. you know? It, it's a form of somebody did something that was worthy of, somebody committed a noble act and doesn't have to be, you know, inventing a new kind of airplane. You can just lend somebody 10 bucks when they need them or, or whatever. Mm. So somebody does something noble and then when the recipient of that does not acknowledge that it's a, it's a form of injustice it's it's a it's a it's wrong and we feel it in our bones yeah and, and you know unfortunately even and that can become very toxic in itself and it, and, and it goes both ways with the people accusing things and, the, and those who are being accused like say for instance uh right now we got a whole bunch of social just, justice warriors out there 
who feel like they, you know, they're not represented. That's one of the reasons why, like, when you see things like um, LGBTQ and the alphabet just keeps on growing because they feel like they're not appreciated. People aren't uh, respectful or acknowledging their contributions to society, and they want to be represented. Everybody wants to, like, you know, get their participation or their participate. How do we say it? Par. Help me out with the syllables here. Participation. Partici- thank you. Thank you. That's what I, I appreciate you, Bill. See? My, now, my pleasure. I really appreciate you helping me out with those syllables there. So now, when we do, when we have that, this becomes a very toxic environment of where people just you know they feel like they're entitled to some gratitude or some acknowledgement yep. and stuff like that. Um, and I guess in a way that there's there's some just uh, justification to it, but it's not justice that they're looking for. Like I said, it's vengeance and entitlement that's driving them, uh, and and they want to be acknowledged for somebody else's struggle. Uh, And you should be grateful that I support you in this struggle. And in doing so, I want to be acknowledged as the person who has supported you in this struggle as people look for these merits that they want to heap onto themselves and be acknowledged for it. You know, it's an expression that's used a lot in 12-step programs. Um, And people who find themselves in 12-step programs are usually people who are dealing, well, not usually. The reason they're in a 12-step program is because their life's become unmanageable and miserable. Mm-hmm. And and there's plenty of justification for that. But one of the things I, you, you hear a lot in those kind of things is, is when somebody says, you can't be grateful and unhappy at the same time. That's right. And I was struck by the wisdom of that, you know. I really was. It really was a big wake-up call for me because there were times when I felt like, God, there's no way I can ever be happy, but I can be grateful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and being grateful for something makes you appreciate what you've got and that just does make you happy it is a a form of it's not just a form of the right thing to do in terms of like the justice of it it's also the right thing to do in terms of your your physical and mental health It, it it puts you in a position of happiness to be looking around at all of the things that you've been given and being grateful for them as opposed to eating yourself alive by looking around and seeing all the things you don't have and and how unfair everything is. Definitely, man. And that's you know one of the things that I'm, I'm I, I constantly try to beat the drum on is uh you know when we talk about making America great again. No, the the, the key to making America a key, not the key, but a key, um, is making America grateful again. Um, ah, it, it, well you know, played. That's that's something that just we're, we're lacking in the culture. We're always taught to be prideful. Proud to be an American. That's pride is poison, it's, and pride in anybody's hands is gonna go bad. It's just, it's just one of those things that just goes sour. Uh, but when you have a grateful approach to things, you know, it's like even like in the service that I I try to provide. It's not so much that I'm looking to be proud of the work that I'm doing. I want to have an attitude of gratitude towards my work. I'm very grateful that anybody would take the moment to pay attention to any observation that I may, I may yeah. have. It hits know, me too all the time. I'm just utterly gobsmacked by it. Yes. You know, it's and, and who, who likes a prideful person? You give the choice between anybody and say, who would you prefer to be around? A person puffed up with pride or a person puffed up with gratitude, full of gratitude? You're going to choose the person who's a grateful, a person to be who, who has some humility. And that's something that in America... Um, we're just taught that it, even from even from schools, you see it all the time. School pride. People are prompt, pumped with pride. And when you have that basis of pride, you are going to have uh, the byproduct of that is going to be entitlement. 
It's just, it's just, it just comes with it. And that's why we have people out there pridefully boasting in what they feel like they're owed and somebody else owes them this, or they're entitled to that. Pride is at the root of all that. But when you have a sense of gratitude, that whole dynamic changes. The attitude of gratitude changes things and it creates for a more uh, industrious, uh, healthy environment. Great word, and, industrious, it, great right? word. Because you know, that's, you're, just, you're grateful for the opportunity in a nation where you're free to go ahead and pursue that? Come on, man. I mean, that's, a, that's the place where we wanna be and, and more and more we're, we're moving away from that. You know, um, let me think how I really want to put this. Um, I, I keep coming back to this to this man because he's such an extraordinary example. But I, I want to talk about Booker T. Washington again because when he first got to, to um, uh, Richmond on the way to uh, to the first school, Hampton School, I think. He had to sleep underneath a wooden sidewalk, and then when he woke up in the morning, he was starving, and he went and asked if he could shovel pig iron in order to get enough money to make breakfast, and he did, and he did a good job, worked real hard. The captain said, you want to come back and do this again for the next two, three days? He said, thank you. And then when he had enough money to leave and, and do the final 70 miles, he went back to the captain of the ship and thanked him for the opportunity to shovel pig iron, which is not a pleasant experience, especially out in the sun in the, in the south. And he went back and thanked him. And, and I realized that only very recently, I mean, within the last two weeks or so, have I, have I really started to look into this idea of the psychological difference between people who have a growth mentality and a fixed mentality. And if you have a fixed mentality, then there's only so much money in the world. And if somebody's got a lot, then that means somebody else has less. And, and people with fixed mentalities don't believe they can make themselves smarter, don't believe they can advance themselves. And so any sign of being stupid or not knowing the answer is something that has to absolutely be covered up because it, it, it makes you look bad. But people in a growth mentality look at the world entirely differently. If, if, a, if a person with that mentality comes across something and they don't know the answer, Th then the first thing they do is ask a question. I, I'm, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't understand how that works. And, and the reason I came back to Booker T. Washington was because it, it, the thing that struck me the most about Up From Slavery was how much gratitude there was from this man addressing really, I'm not talking about horrible conditions, but addressing extremely taxing conditions, working with this very demanding woman, shoveling, you know, a pig iron out of a ship, building you know, bricks, clearing, clearing land, grateful for everything. And, and I realized that that, that 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 is a component of or a byproduct of this kind of um, open kind of mindedness where he never missed an opportunity to improve himself. And he was always grateful for the chance to do it. Exactly, man. And, and, and that, that account reminds me of... Um you know, the lesson in the word where you have these people who came to do some work. They started off in the early part of the day. Try to sum this up quickly. They tried. They, 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 they found some work in the early part of the day and they agreed to do it for this much wages. At the later end of the day, some more people came in and um, they got the same day's wages for coming in in the later part of the day. Now, right. the, po the people who started at the, uh, at the earlier part of the day say, hey, man, that doesn't seem fair. Right. Now, the added, that's, that's where the pride kicks in. The attitude of gratitude kicks in where it's like, so let me get this straight. Um, these people came in the latter part of the day 
and you're going to pay them the same thing that you paid us, man, I'm going to be here tomorrow. I will be here tomorrow because evidently you got money to spend. You've got you've got a surplus of work. I'm not going to walk away storming out here saying it's not fair. This guy's not fair. He pays people to say, no, no, this guy's got work. I'm going to go tell my friends, be here tomorrow. This guy's got work. That's what an attitude of gratitude does. But, you know, rather than showing the attitude of gratitude, they might miss out on some more work. I'll, I'll just wrap this up with a, a I'm, I'm proud of this analogy, came up with it myself, <laughs> because because I think it allows you to feel this this kind of poison that comes with ingratitude and that kind of thing. So I, I just kind of put together this thought experiment. I said, let's say you're working in an insurance company, let's say, and you're on the 27th floor and there's 100 people on that floor and everybody's got a cubicle and so do you. And you've been working at the firm for 20 years and then on a Friday afternoon just before uh, the end of the uh, work week, the president of the company and the chief financial officer come over and say, hey, uh, Zoe, listen, just want to talk to you for a second. And you're thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> and he says words to the effect of, look, we've we've you've been here for 20 years. We've watched how hard you work. We've seen the diligence that you that you've applied to this job. We've seen all of the all the care you've taken. You've, you've made us a lot of money and saved us a lot of money. And as a token of our gratitude, we wanted to pre- present you with this check for one hundred thousand dollars. No strings attached. Thank you. And off they go. So you have $100,000 that you didn't have 10 seconds ago. And what is your attitude? You're, you're, you're filled with joy and gratitude and happiness. You think all the things that you can do with $100,000 that you just weren't even on the table before. So you get up and you just kind of so filled with joy, you walk down to the next couple cubes, you see a bunch of people down by the water cooler. So you guys will never guess what happened. What? Well, the boss came by, said I was doing a good job. He gave me a check for $100,000. And they all look at each other and they said, yeah, he did the same thing with us, but we all got checks for $250,000. And that's when you can feel it go right through you, you know? That's when you can feel that poison, that poison arrow go right through your heart. Because now, you're not thinking about what you could do with $100,000. You're thinking about what you could have done with $250,000. And you start saying, well, Jim got $250,000. He's an alcoholic. I do have to work for him and so on. <laughs> and, and you're no longer concerned. You're no longer looking at this incredible, unbelievable windfall, this miracle, this, this tremendous gift that came to you. Now you're filled with, with rage and hatred. And, and when I talk about this in front of a live audience, I say, if the deal was that everybody accepts their check or nobody gets a check. There are people out there who would, who would rather turn down a hundred grand than watch other people get 250 grand. And, and those kind of people are now running our government. Absolutely, man. And, and people would be surprised. People would be surprised on, of the blessings that people would turn down. Some people would be, I mean, people would be surprised on people who just like, look, man, you got it pretty good. And, you know, uh, no one to leave well enough alone. I mean, that's that's how we got here. You know, like, say, for instance, you know, with Lucifer himself, it's like, look, man, the, the, the word of God tells you how it tells us how good you had it. Right. You, you're introduced to us as, a, as as our enemy flat out. But later on, when you read, you read the position that he had. Not only was he the guardian cherub, he had kingdoms. 
right? It's like you had it really good, man. You you were you you were blinged out. You, you had were the executive these... officer on an aircraft carrier. Exactly. He had it really good, and it wasn't good enough. And even and, and took that. In, and, and what's worse is when people spread that influence, and nobody gave loose for any cause to have the attitude that he had, this prideful, entitled, adamant uh, attitude that he had. And then he takes that and then he spreads it you know, to the other angels, and he spreads that to Adam and Eve, who looked around them, and all of a sudden it was like, this isn't good enough. I think we deserve more, right? We deserve to be like God. So this, and, and you're gonna, that stuff is still gonna play out, even, even in the judgment where people are going to look at what it is that they're, that they're standing on the precipice of, and that's not gonna be good enough. They're still gonna say, I want my own truth. That's that it's just not good enough. So we can just see that baked into human nature where it's like, you know, you think that you have this and you think about what what uh, uh, you could do with it. And all of a sudden you look at somebody else's lawn and you're like, I want my lawn as green as that, mm-hmm. you know, or or if you're on the job and, and you've been promoted to something. But it's like, mm, yeah, that's not good enough. And rather than actually being driven by the gratitude to uh, contribute to the company that has blessed you with the ability to, to, you know, pay your rent or your mortgage or put food on the table and stuff like that. Now you're you're driven by pride to to one up the next person because you feel like you you deserve more, or you just want to go ahead and take your ball and and go home, or you want to cause some sort of discourse in the company or something like that and cause some drama because gratitude is just something that escapes people. And I can say with 100% confidence that if you are watching this video, you've got an awful lot to be grateful for. And I'm not <laughs> talking about the video. If you're able to watch a, a, a program on an electronic device, uh, you are living better than 99.9999% of every human that ever walked this earth. Mm. And uh, next time you're feeling down in the dumps about things, and we all do, and I certainly do too, it's not a bad idea to look at that and uh, think, you know, I didn't get the almond milk. I got the soy milk, but it's not exactly Stalingrad, is it? <laughs> For my friend Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. This is the Virtue Signal made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com, and we'll see you here next time. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in for some sledge covers, where I put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day, particularly from the 70s and the 80s. Bell bottoms to parachute pants, baby. If you dig what you hear, you can download all these songs for free, or drop a buck in a guitar case if you like. I wouldn't mind that. You can also check out original 20-pound Sledge Jams, too. You can also download all those for free or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on! Street.
okay, song stopped. What's up? Man, I feel kind of silly singing the quad diddly quad quad parts. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know what's really silly, man? What? You in here talking to yourself and posting it online. And playing with yourself, too. I play the instruments myself. Don't get it twisted, pervert. I know you are, but what am I? I'll give you a hint. I'm you. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Want to get back to that silly sing-along, hmm?
you don't want to quit.